I, I tried to get Mike to do something funny in the beginning of the show this time, and it didn't work. It did I'm, not work. I'm wise to your to your antics now. Unlike last week when he was just fucking living the dream, singing the dirty, dirty Gregory song. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Off the Post. This is the question where we, as in Michael, you know what and we I, need is a little. We need a little sound bite after you say "off the post." Just a little ping. Um, no, we're not allowed to do that because Alex Gardner pays twenty dollars a month so that I cannot use the soundboard. Oh, that's right. That is an agreement that I have kept for oh. almost a, uh, like a year now. Were we talking? I wasn't aware that heroes uh, walked amongst us. We're, we're, to, we're talking a long time here, okay? So, yeah. Uh, Joe, get all I, that bullshit out of your mouth and start spitting questions. What, what was I saying? I was saying it something was like a fun intro questions. to the show, and, and you just... Uh, sorry, everybody. Michael, he's having a couple of sips of beer, and you know what it does to him. It turns I him get into rowdy. a monster. Yeah, and tired, apparently. Yawning on the podcast. I'm watching like in the background the, uh, the Penguins-Flyers game. Oh, what's the score of that one? Pittsburgh's up 2 nothing. Oh, look at that. Good old Pittsburgh. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, hello. My name is Joe Fortunato. This is Off the Post, where we, as in Michael and I, take you, as in you listening to this right now, questions. Your questions? Eh, whatever. Uh, Michael, how are you doing this morning? It's not the morning, so... Well, they didn't know that until you said something. I don't lie to the listeners. Well, uh, but maybe fine. they're listening to, to it in the morning. Then is it a lie? Well, I could be dead. Something could happen to me tonight. Not sure how that was at all relevant. Well, I wouldn't want to lie. Uh, what if I'm dead in the morning, Joe, and this is the last audio recording of me, and people heard you being so mean? How's that I don't for know. A Q&A, Honestly. you son of a bitch? It's a pretty, it's a pretty tough Q and A. Be completely honest with you on that. If one. you and I played one-on-one basketball, who would win, Joe? We're doing street rules. We'll play street rules if that's street what you rules. Need. Uh, I think I would win. Hmm. Think, think I'd be pretty good. I was a pretty good basketball player. I'm great at layups. Really good at layups. I've never heard a single person. Ever brag about their layup? Yep, game. Um, my layup game. The is, whole point is of a strong. layup is for it to be a gimme, right? But they don't talk about it because it's, maybe it's not as strong as it should be. Like that's my that's my white man game right there. My layups are fucking solid. Well, you just decided to make this about race, didn't you? Uh, well, my race, yes, solid. I mean, f- like, don't miss a well, shot. I don't see things like race, Joe. And every um, now and again, I will go off from three point range. Uh, I will. You know what I'm awful at is I can't do games like darts. Uh, like, you know, I have no consistency. Like, uh, in basketball, I'm good at everything but free throws. Then, like, hmm. it reminds me the of darts. The easiest part like, of the game. Oh, is it? It um, is. So, so, you want to hear a story? No. Now that we're going to You're going to share it anyway. Uh, I am going to share it anyway. So, we were playing a uh, college, like, intramural game. And uh, basketball. Dude, I made every fucking layup like it was insane. It was like I was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm assuming this is like a a person bragging about hitting empty nets. And the this like we were playing the stereotypical like frat team that got like way too into it, and they were getting furious. They were like this. they, They were so mad, and it was really the first time in my life that I had ever like been good at like I've had pockets of moments. Where, like, in gym class, for whatever reason, the stars aligned, and I was very good at whatever sport we were playing. But it felt really good. 
really good to shut them I'll, all down. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll print and then you the a little next sports game, card. I think I missed every single shot that I took. So I believe it. There's but you know that. what, Joe? You hit all your shots with me, and I love I, you for it. Oh, look at that. I love you, too. Uh, I guess we should get into the questions. See, I think if we played basketball, we would just end up hugging. And I would tell it's you possible. how proud I am of you, and uh, I'd kiss you right on the forehead and tell you you're my special guy. That would make me happy. Then I would sit down, and we'd have some tea in the middle of the middle I'd of the court. I'd make you a friendship bracelet. Oh, and we just dominate. About, about all the fun people I met at camp over the summer. And I'd be like, it's not the same, though. It's better with you. Yeah, well, I'm dating a girl from camp. You don't know her. She goes to a different school. Uh, Anthony Michael? M-I-C-A-L-E? Mikhail? Michelle Michelet. Anthony Michelet. Anthony Michelet. Uh, what other forwards do you see moving? What other forwards do you see moving Vlad slash VC? Uh, do you think Lias will start to shine after the deadline when he could be given at least third line minutes and surrounded by more offense? Mm. Does Nicholas Jensen ever come to the New York Rangers? Okay, so those are three questions. Jensen's um, never coming to the Rangers. Yeah, I don't think Jensen is coming to the Rangers. I they think burned he's, that he's bridge down to quite the happy, and they in, took a crap uh, on the, the ashes. Well, yeah, <laughs> there was really no need for them to crap on the ashes either. And it's well, kind of sad actually because it, bricks. first of all, the Rangers got him for Emerson Edom, who I thought should have been playing, but you know, what and the fuck he costs. And in order to get Emerson Edom, we had to trade Carl Hagelin. One single Carl Hagelin, correct? Yeah. With um, all of his hair. Every Nicholas Jensen is a, uh, you know, he, he's in the KHL right now, and there's just, like, I don't know, he's playing really well. He probably could be an NHL player. It's just a matter of actually getting him to come over to and the if NHL. He made, and don't forget, if he, he wanted to be here, I mean, like, it, there's very little reason for him to come here other than... I mean, I, I think he's making more... Well, the Rangers more... tried to get him to come over. Yeah, he's making more there now than I think he would make in the NHL. And he's also, he's not a kid anymore. That's no, the he's other 25. Part he's got um, 35 points in 44 games. And that's great. Um, but they, the Rangers kind of, it was, it was not great asset management. And, no, very uh, poor. It was something they could ill afford to do. And that is what they did. Um, and it was tied to some more poor asset management in regards to Emerson Edom. And uh, and that was tied to poor contract negotiation with Carl Hagelin. Uh, well, they didn't even try to negotiate with Carl that's, Hagelin. That's what I'm so. talking about. It was just a, it was just a bad job of... That just it kind of snowballed from there. Um, but to answer, and Jensen exploded in the KHL. Like he had 55 points in 70 AHL games. So yeah. for him to be as close to a point per game player in the KHL as he he is this year is a little surprising. But um, he's a good he's a good, he's not coming over. I think that's the like especially the reality, if, if think, you couldn't yeah. get him this year when the Rangers had like there was really nothing standing in front of him and again this goes back to the whole players aren't robots this isn't NHL 19 they they're self-aware uh he knew what was going on with Vign- actually it was two years ago because it was with Vigneault and um yeah he's just don't even include him in the plans until he actually comes over if he does. Um, they have his rights still. I they just do, don't think correct. it matters. Uh, I don't like, think it matters either. Uh, I don't think he, there's a lot of incentive for him to come here unless 
it is his dream to play in the NHL, and they can say, listen, you can start here. You know, you can, you have an opportunity to start with the big club, but I don't think that's going to be enough to move him from, you know, no, where he is right now. he's making dirty money over there in Russia. And he's living, yeah, he's playing know, for a Finnish team, so... Yeah, he's playing, exactly. He's, he's playing for... Finnish team. He is a Dane. Um, you know, he's from he's from Denmark. But the the thing that stands out to me with him is he's playing for a, a pretty good team, as far as I'm aware. Um, and I don't I don't think there's a lot of reason for him to to say you know I want to come over and be you know a third liner or AHL player. You know, in that's the rub. Can you guarantee him yeah. an NHL spot? You really can't. The and NHL you can right now. Even so, with all the, even with all the, you know, hubbub and you burned those bridges, Michael. And, and then you, as the Michael ashes. said, you, you you took an unnecessary shit on the ashes. It was, that it was, was just un, that was just unprofessional on behalf. Well, yeah, of the it was it was it was really quite uncalled for, actually. Uncalled for kinda, altogether. Yeah, yeah. There was what was his other question? The other uh, he actually had two, he had two other questions, but neither of them involving fecal matter. Although, oh, we we, uh, we do we, we could try. I mean, we continue to put the call out that if you've had any outhouse incidents you can certainly uh mention them to us since apparently you know we're gonna call this that podcast. segment is outhouse and about like out and about out oh look at that uh second question do you think leas will start to shine after the deadline when he can be given third line minutes and surrounded by more offensively gifted players than cody mcleod um he's gonna need to be not on the third line if he wants to shine in the nhl i've been looking very closely at leas's production yeah, it's not um, been bueno down in Hartford. Yeah, he recently picked up another power play assist, which uh, in the Rangers' first, or I should say the Wolfpack's first win in a long time, Joe. And the points really have been kind of a slow trickle there for for Elias, and that is not what we really want to see, even though he is only 20. Um, you want to see him kind of find a groove part of the problem is hartford is just not very good yeah they're terrible um, but don't but don't forget and uh, again this is not the shit on leah sanderson podcast it is not the shit on leah sanderson um, podcast Leah sanderson never is, come off as such. is not like a kid coming from the ohl right who's learning you know the life of professional hockey leah sanderson was a very good player in the shl which i would consider one of the best hockey leagues for men in the world so i am expecting a little bit more out of him than we've seen it's possible hartford's such a disaster it's kind of dragging him down um and i think that's honestly looking at the numbers joe i feel like that is part of the equation here that is hartford is that bad but then then you see someone like john gilmore having 15 goals as a defenseman, and you say, yes, it's well, strange. like, why are some of these guys shining? Like, Peter Holland is killing it in Hartford, and it's like, okay. Yeah, well, but Holland's also like a, an AHL, like, veteran. Um, yeah, that's what I was getting to, is like, you expect him to do well, but it's still, I, would, I wouldn't I would expect Anderson to be doing worse than Vili Meskinen. Like, Meskinen is just altogether playing better hockey. Granted, he's been playing with Holland a lot, um, but Meskinen has no significant time in the power play, whereas Leas is getting that time. And I think it's now nine of his 17 or 18 points are on the power play. It's just, it's just not enough even strength scoring for us to feel like things will, like a flip is just going to get switched when he comes up to the NHL again. And that's why I say if, if we want to see that, I think you have to play him maybe even as a winger, Joe, on that second line, depending on who moves at the deadline, just to kind of spark him, get him confident, play him with players who can really play. 
if you know I, there should be enough of them still around after the smoke clears on deadline day uh, I know that we want to develop him as a center I get that but I also feel like this organization owes him something like that after kind of jerking him around a bit this season yeah, it's That's just my a take, tough, though. I'm not a coach. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's such a difficult analysis to make because it's very easy to point and say, hey, listen, this is a guy who was playing very well in the SHL and we expected him to play, you know, even better in the AHL because you'd think it's a step down in competition, even though it's on the NHL, you know, the North American ice and whatnot. Um, he had a pretty good year last year in the AHL, I think, by all accounts. He, he played 25 games. I think he had 14 points. Um, no, wait, that's wrong. Uh, he had 25 points. Let me just look it up. I had it open. He had, oh, no, I was right, 14 points in 25 games. He's got 19 and 33 this year, so in four points in 21 NHL games. And the thing yeah, is, nine of those 19 people, are on the power play, I think. People who have been watching Hartford have, <clears throat> excuse me, have not been blown away by Leah Sanderson. So that's the other issue, right? It would be one thing if he was playing really well, but he's he's not. So, look, this is in no way like a damning... He's 20 years old. There's shit happens. But Filipino has, you know, as many points as he does in the NHL, and it's just... It's it's just something to keep an eye on. You Maybe he's pissed he's down in the AHL, Maybe he needs to be playing with a little bit more talent because, like we said, the AHL is terrible. But just something to keep. Maybe he's frustrated. Maybe you know Keith McCambridge is not the right coach for him. Maybe a lot of well, Adam did like a little. I don't want to call it an expose, but Adam did like a review of Hartford, and it was not bueno. So yeah, wasn't a glowing review. His final question was: What other forwards do you see moving Vlad slash VC? I don't know. Don't really understand. But is he asking I'm, in addition of Vlad and VC? Uh, is he saying are they possible to also be moved? Oh, okay. I'm going to yeah. say that, and yes, I do see both. Not so much VC, but I do see Nemestikov. I see Phil. Vlad moving, and VC is a possibility. Um, I don't think Jesper's going anywhere, Joe. Beyond that, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think like. Nieves is going anywhere, so uh, no, what are we talking about? I think Nieves like, is Ryan Strom into the fourth line center role. Yeah. That's what I think. Ryan Strom isn't going anywhere either. So, well, Let's, we'll see what happens there. Let's yeah, we will crazy. see what happens. Everyone can go. Um, Phil, our Phil, you and Mike are stranded on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, miles from civilization. Are you more likely to work together to survive or kill each other for food? Work I together. think we would work together. Yeah, we're not. Neither of us are violent people. No, I'm not a violent man, and I'm no. I'm very familiar with the ocean. And uh, how to catch fish with your hand and mouth? I can catch crabs. Mm, crabs are edible. Cook yeah. a nice little fire; it'll be fun. Yes, yeah, shake a tree, get some coconuts. Have them fall on my head. Yeah, you and I will just die fat and happy together. Just oh, that would be nice. We'll dress up a little, like we'll get crabs and we'll train them, and we'll. Uh, you and I would be we'll the like, only people that would get stranded on an island and somehow get fatter. Yeah, we would get fat. And they like, are morbidly obese, too. We them. would this take like insane. a little a little piece of twine and wrap it around a crab's claw and like tramp a little stick in its in its claw and we'd make him play hockey. And we'd have like oh, yeah, we'd have whole seasons and shit. And then Sand once hockey? the crabs like if the team that loses, those are the crabs we eat. Wow, that got <laughs> that got really dark at the end. I've thought about this a lot, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that was Jesus Christ, that was pretty dark. Um Reed Logan. Who are your dark horse candidates for teams to trade for Zuccarello and Hayes? 
If you had to put money on a Ranger who hasn't been talked about as a trade deadline, he put TDL, it threw me off for a minute there, Reed, candidate being moved, who would it be and where do you think they'll go? Oh, All right, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say Zuccarello to Calgary, Hayes to Nashville. Those are my dark horse, like, guesses. Um, if I had to put money on a Ranger who hasn't been talked about being moved, I think it would probably be VC. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Zuccarillo to Vegas. You crazy son of a bitch. And Hayes. You'll kill us all with your confidence. Uh, Hayes? Hayes, Nashville, I guess. I don't see why Nashville would do it. Well, Nashville's apparently in the market for, like... Everything. Yeah, well, like. they're they're dangling Tolvin in for... They were looking for Panarin or Stone... Uh, probably not going to get that for Zuccarello. But I mean, he's, Kreider, he's Boston. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't know. Like, he's Boston, maybe. I mean, uh, it's uh, Boston made it really clear like they were not thrilled with how the rental went last season, and they did it with the Rangers, which makes me think they might be a little gun shy with New York. But and you know, like, I'm not even necessarily looking at teams who have that pressing need for center because I, I'm, I'm trying to think outside the box with this question. But there are the fun part of this deadline, Joe, is there are a lot of a lot of teams that want to add guys like the guys the Rangers definitely have on the block. So um, it makes it kind of a wide open field. I do like the like Zuccarello Calgary seems like a fit to me. I, I know I that like play with little Goudreau actually. Yeah, I know that Colorado has cooled down a bit, but I thought Zuccarello would would have been a fun player in uh, in Colorado um, before it kind of died down with Colorado there. Well, sadly, that will never happen for us. Scruffy the dog. What are Was good there a returns? second part to that other question? Yeah, we answered both of them. Oh, well, that's right. At least right. I did. Did you no, not? No, yeah, yeah. Because, I did know, it in a roundabout way because yeah, I was talking to Hayes and Zook. Okay, yeah, I'm again, sorry. Scruffy the, the dog. Podcast. Once again, the podcast was absolutely Scruffy the ruined. dog. Scru- I don't know if I want to get Scruffy the dog now. It's just, it means like, I feel like we need to breathe. Uh, what are good returns for Zuccarello and Hayes? So we've discussed that a few times. Um... Zuccarello, I think you want a first-round pick and a prospect. That's what I think you want out of Zuccarello. Hayes, you want a first-round pick and, like, a legitimate high-end prospect. Hayes, I want a, a fine, fat goose. and the, the uh, Like, as fat of a goose as you can find. And the, and the local lord's uh, firstborn child. Would he be willing to give up that child if it was a male, though? I don't know. That's mm. 2019. I'm keeping options open. Yeah, well. It's tough. Tea like, Leaf. Armika, oh, Hank, yeah, we are. Okay. Armika, Hank, and Kreider really enough of a core to build around? That's a great question. Um, no. Probably not. Even if Zibanejad's an 80-point player and Kreider is a 60-point player, right? Lundqvist is getting older. That Those can't be the only three pieces. You know what I see Hank as, Joe? Tell me. Like, tell me, you it, big, beautiful bastard. So this Rangers core that that we're trying to identify, we talked about this a, a bit in the flagship show already, Joe. Um, we talked about like, yeah, it seems like Zibanejad is there, and it seems like the organization wanted Brady Shea to be one of those guys, right? Uh, whether or not he's going to pan out to be is a, is a different story. Just think of these players as like bones that go in your arm, okay? And the Rangers need to get all the bones to get a strong arm. But the thing is, Hank is so old that right now all he is is a cast, Joe. He's this cast around this arm that's developing. These bones are growing. And he's only going to be here so long because the cast is going to just get smelly and old. 
and wither away. I don't know why the smell matters. Well, you know, have you smelled a cast before? It's terrible. I have, but it doesn't that doesn't mean it's not doing its job. It just smells. I didn't say it wasn't doing its job. I'm just saying it breaks down. Bacteria, right, just, Joe. Just continue, just continue this. Anyway, my point is, like, Hank is, I don't think he, we can safely consider him part of the core moving forward just because age is a number and... You know, we, we know what's on the horizon in terms of the young goaltenders here. We also know what's going on with Lundqvist in his game. He's not the same goalie he was five years ago. He's still an above-average goaltender in the NHL. That cannot be overstated. That We cannot overstate that fact. How long that's going to be the case, Joe, is a different story, right? And you can't plan a goaltender who is now, you know, 36 years old, being a part of this team's core two or three years from now, when the, the rebuild is in full effect. You can do that for someone like Mika Zibanejad, who's 25. He'll be really entering his prime at that point. And Chris Kreider is just two years ahead of him, but he's also his, his future with the team is pretty uncertain. So I feel like the real answer here is you hope that some of these kids we talk about, the Heatles, uh, the Kravstovs, even Leah Anderson, like these kids we're talking about, they become these other, these other bones in the arm to tie it back to my horrible uh, metaphor there. Like, you have really, to... Really, it was a roundabout way to get to here. Yeah, but, you know, like, I think it, it makes good enough sense, and honestly, at least I'm fucking trying, Joe. You've once again completely insulted me and my family, and I will not have it. Um, did I answer this question? I don't know. I don't listen to anything you say. I don't know either. I, I think dumber. Hank is, like you said, Hank is too old to kind of put into that category I, I god i hope know. brady shea works out though I'll you need, tell you what. yeah you need more oh i need him to work out joe uh, oh he's gotta work out those those you're making some dirty man sounds again. Uh, stretching it out joe that's like an, an old gnarled sailor talking about the fish that got away I just why we, we can't even know what brady shea is joe and that's the part that makes me sad and he makes mistakes joe and he's just a young man but he's 24 he's not that young anymore joe <clears throat> Well, listen, just like we're giving Leas Anderson a semi-pass because Hartford's terrible, we'll give... How long do we give Brady Shea a pass? Next year. If he plays like this again next year, there's... Then what do we do? We just cry? You say fuck, and you try to move him anywhere you can. For a penis or He doesn't otherwise. have any... The good news is he doesn't have any clauses No trade protection, yeah. correct. You, could, you can go send him right to Siberia if you wanted to. Send him to Arizona. Nick C. Hey, Joe. And Mike, hmm. Oh. Hmm. with Shostyorkin's KHL contract expiring this year, what do you think is the ideal situation for him next year when you also factor in Georgiev's playing time? So, I'm going to say strictly AHL. I'm going to say he starts yep. in the AHL, but you leave, you leave it, and you start with, we're having an open competition. Of um, you make that understood, and you make sure he gets... All the goddamn FaceTime in the world possible with Benoit Allaire, regardless of where he's playing. Uh, just like, you know. Maybe they could bunk together. Yeah, honestly, just. Uh, I want them both to be little ducklings following Allaire, Allaire around. Like, that's the best case scenario here with Lundquist there to help watch when Allaire has to go to sleep. And. I, the best case scenario, I think, is just both of them getting playing time um, and. The really what that comes down to, I think a lot of people are saying, well, who's going to be there as Hank's backup? I think more importantly is the idea of Hank comfortably transitioning away from the workhorse goaltender, and we're starting to see it this season, Joe, and that's a good thing. Uh, 
it, it you know it bodes well for what happens with with Igor and Alexander um, and I, I know that some people are like oh well, is this one young goaltender too many I don't think that's really possible I think this is a good situation it's a good problem to have if you want to call it a problem worst case scenario Hartford's going to have a well above average AHL level goaltender next season whether that's Igor or Georgiev and all of it's good news because Hartford's goaltending this season has been hot garbage and a goaltender can help a team kind of recover from its mistakes and give young players confidence and let them go on the attack more and the Rangers are going to have a lot of young guys that need to get comfortable you know with the puck on their stick going on the attack I don't know. I don't. I'm. I understand some of that anxiety, Joe. But I think more of it is just curiosity. Like I think this listener's question is just, you know, what happens there. And yeah, don't forget. I want them all here. I want them all getting used to the smaller um, ice surface because that also does impact goaltenders, as we know. And you know, as much ice time as we can get them, as many starts, as many minutes. That's what we're gonna do. And uh, I I don't feel like it's gonna be a problem. I think what we really need to pay close attention to is, you know, what we already know that Igor is having a great season in the KHL, uh, but we want to take a very close look after we talk to Nick uh, Mercadante, who was our guest on the show a couple weeks ago. We want to see what he looks like playing behind a defense that isn't Skaz. Because that team is stacked. Okay. Kevin Russo. Regarding the defensive struggles, do you think it is more of a personnel issue or a system-slash-coach issue? Would a Truba, Eric Carlson, etc., fix the problem or only mask a larger one? Oh, he also wants to know why we wouldn't switch to off the post as a hashtag to avoid the confusion with bantering points. Well, you know what, Kevin? Shayna Shayna just attacked me and my family by making it the same thing, okay? So that's on her. But yeah, we probably will. Maybe we'll do off the post next time so that people don't get confused with Shana's mailbag. Um, you know, that's a this is another million dollar question, right? Is does the Rangers defense suck because the Rangers defense sucks, or is it because of the system? I think the system has actually been a little bit more noticeable in a good way than it was last year. Or am I crazy? It's hard to say for me. I. I feel like the the answer I want to give here is it's a little bit of column A and B. Like, the Truth personnel is the not middle. great, and, you know, I think some of the coaching and the system stuff has been suspect. We also know early in the season there was an adjustment period, but, you know, these are professionals. They can adjust to this. It's not like this is foreign to them. Um, and it's also pretty clear that Lindy Ruff has the reins there, and he's not necessarily known as you know, a, a new school kind of coach in terms of his approach to the game. Um, that's not meant to be just an, you know, an out and out, just like an outright uh, criticism of him, just trying to state fact and talk about what the uh, the reputation is there for him. Um, I don't know, bud. Like, uh, this defense has been, I mean, outside of the kids, right, this defense has been the story that is kind of not gone away for the Rangers, not just in terms of who's in the lineup, which has become a huge story in and of itself, but also what, what this defense looks like and why the Rangers are just perpetually outshot and outchanced and why we see the defensive breakdowns we see, you know, why 
why we see Pionk, uh, why we saw him, I should say, in the past tense, not the present tense, why we saw him playing the role he was playing when all, you know, the eye test and the analytics and all everything we had showed that he was just an awful defenseman in his own zone. And yet he was there on that first pair with Mark Stahl for God knows how long. Um, I mean, that, that has to come down to coaching at some point. That has to come down to... You know, but do we also say like, all right, well, do you not want the young guy to develop and face the Lions every once in a while? It's it's tough. I think that's why the more the more I think about this, Joe, the more I think this is just kind of the throwaway year, and we need to judge what happens next season. You know, and, and be a little harsher then. But right now, I mean, uh, this team is just so tough to watch in the defensive zone. You know, it's. We've, we're seeing a lot of things start to change, and some of it's for the better lately with the defense and the pairings, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, and then you know you have all these weird question marks like Smith and D'Angelo, and it, I don't think this is an easy defense to coach. Is I guess what I'm getting at. I mean, do you feel it's this is a good group right now? Because this no, is a I, tricky I situation. This is continuous. What do yeah. you call it? Spooky. This is a spooky situation. Yeah. It's you. You don't know what you have. It's it's like like you said. You're cooking dinner in a kitchen that's on fire. Does the dinner suck because you're a shitty cook, or does it suck because the fucking kitchen's on fire? And yeah. um, I don't know. Zachary. Smilowitz. Hi, Mike. And Joe, too. Oh, Zachary. Yeah, Zachary coming through with... He, he fucking... He knows what he did. Um, I'm not reading your question That's now. That's why I call him protest. Big Z right there. I'm not, I'm not reading his question at a protest. That's fine. Be a little man. If you are Gorton, what do you need in a return to trade Kreider? Oh, Zachary the Betrayer. I need a lot. I need... I need so much, Zachary. You don't even I, know. <laughs> I need... Well, I mean, listen, let's not get crazy. No, I'm ready to get crazy. Um, I need um, I need a first-round pick. I need a hot, like as high-end a prospect as you have. And then I probably need a, another, not like off the top shelf, but another fucking quality prospect. Like, if we're talking Nashville... I'm talking to first Tolvanen and then maybe even like Fabro or something. No, Joel, you're the one who's goddamn crazy there, bud. Um, talking crazy. You're talking real crazy. Yeah, I, I. It starts with a first. I think right now for Kreider, for the reasons, you know, that you and I had talked about. Uh, I think it was on the flagship show, Joe. Like, it starts with the first uh, because, and the top, you know, the top tier prospect because. His cap hit is what it is, and you're buying him for and you two get him for cup another runs. year. You get him for another year. He's in his prime. He's putting it all together. Um, and frankly, like you're, he's a unique player in what he brings. He's a nightmare matchup for a lot of defenses, and we see that all the time. And you know, we're only starting to see Kreider really click with some forwards now for the first time in a, in a, in a hot minute here in New York, and. If you put him around the right players, and you know, if teams feel like they have those guys, if they have a truly elite center who can spring him for breakaways and you know set him up in front of the net and you know let him be the big fast power forward that he is, that is just kind of inimitable around the league. It, he would be a match made in heaven for a lot of teams, Joe. And because of that, you have to you know try and get everything you can out of that teat in that trade. Just milk the cow until there's nothing left because 
you have to get if you if you're gonna move him, you have to make it worth your while. And I feel like that trade is out there. It's just a, whether or not the Rangers can kind of put it together with a with a contender that wants that that two two year cup window. Like you know, that's what that's what Tampa was willing to do last season, right, Joe? Like we traded them the year uh, that you know McDonough still had, and it was a deal that like they were they were ready and willing and eager to do, and uh, yeah. That deal is going to be out there for someone like Kreider. He's he's um he's a great power forward for the modern game. Um, holy hell, the the return could be huge. Uh, I I think if the return is not huge, I don't think they're going to do it. Huge. Well, that's that's exactly the point. You don't have to yeah. trade Kreider, and that you don't have to. And value that's the well, beauty so. of this is the Rangers have to say you know like convince me, right? Um, right. And if you're a cup contender and you have maybe a need to upgrade on wing in your top six, Crowder is definitely a name you've, you've been paying attention to all season long because he's looked brilliant all season long. And, I mean, remember how he just kind of elevated his game after the trade deadline? Oh, I remember. I was there. He was just kind of, he was that guy who just rose to the occasion. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, this guy, this kid wants to be captain, the way he's playing. And... That's carried over into this season. If anything, it's gone. It's accelerated. He's become even better. So, honestly, I know we're talking pie in the sky stuff here, but like it would take a massive package to land Chris Kreider at this point. Yeah. Well, got to talk about it. I mean, Bob. I think it starts with a first and a top prospect, and then I think it's a. I think it's a first and a top prospect and more, Mike. I I can't. I just have a hard time. Uh, like, like I want a first and a top prospect for Hayes. I'm not saying you're going to get it, but I want it. Well, I want, yeah. If so I'm Gordon, it, I want the world. Yeah, it but just, you have to start the negotiation somewhere. You don't start at the bottom and then work your way to the top. I'll tell you that right now. You, you start at Madagascar. This is the Joe school. This is the Joe. You start at fucking Greenland. If this is the game of risk, Joe. You start at the North Pole, okay? You, you conquistador your way through Spain. And then the next thing you know, you've taken over Cookie the entire... came from Spain. I know, that's the point. All right. Panero in 2020. Hey, Joe and Mike. That's right. God. I know I asked if you thought the Rangers would go after Stone and Panarin. Wanted to know what contracts might look like. Does Panarin get $9 million for seven years? Stone, 6 to $7 million for seven seem reasonable? No. Uh, I think Panarin is going to get upwards of $11 million. I think Stone is going to get up where, you know, if he's on the open market of $10 million for seven. Yeah. Easy. Well, it's the, it's the length mean, of the contract I'm, I'm, for I'm, UFA is the problem here, right? Well, that's seven years. Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of what you have to start with. I mean, the only team that can give him more than that is is you know, the, the team that he's with now for a re-sign. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, we just saw the Matthews deal go down, um, and that's a very different scenario than Panarin. Um, and obviously, it'll be a very different scenario than Stone. Uh, I feel like we'll probably see what happens with uh, Panarin come together before Stone, because I'm, I'm sure that Stone's agent is going to be keeping a very close eye on that situation. Um, because he knows how valuable his client is. But, I mean, Panarin's got to start at two digits um, 
you know, in terms of cap it, like he has to start at 10, if not much more. At least 11 in my book right now, just because you can't find another Artemi Panarin. Um, a guy with that little NHL mileage who's already proven as much as he has, who's a guy who can completely transform an offense and take over a power play, like, he's the real deal. There's a reason why everyone's been talking about him. Um, and, you know, there's a reason why it was heartbreaking, Joe, listening to the, I know you were at the game, but uh, they had JD up in the booth uh, with Sam and Joe. And uh, when, when you know, his little segment uh, ended, the, you know, Sam said, like, uh, wishing good luck to you and your team. And JD just said, thanks, we're going to need it. And that's like the last thing he said, uh, because it, they, yeah, they joked about, you know, the Bobrovsky and Panarin situation. And it's like... God, that's such a tough spot to be in. But yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a shitty position. It's just, just the fucking reality. Uh, you know, it's the modern game. It's the business side of hockey, and uh, it's the that's the it's a tough, tough rub there for for Columbus. But it's the the real thing is there's everyone who can afford it is going to go for Panarin um, because really they'd be silly not to if if. And I know, you know, Adam had a great point in his in his piece about you have to be careful not to, to you know, to to surrender to temptation and free agency, and that's a big deal. God, you um, make it so seductive. Surrender yeah, to temptation. Uh, yeah, it's like a, a, a dime store romance novel. Um, okay. I don't know, bud. It's I would I'd be willing to give up a lot in terms of the cap hit, and for Panarin Stone is I'm a little more hesitant. Um, and I just feel like he's not the truly, truly elite player. He's not, you know, he's not like a top 10 player in the league like I think Panarin is. And because of that, I feel like the Rangers might be better off saying, you know, if um, unless it's a really reasonable deal they can put together, then maybe they look elsewhere. And maybe that means just finding, you know, a guy who can plug the hole uh, for a year or two while the kids come up. Because that's... It's an important part of this. I mean, when we, I feel like it's an important thing to look at what's happened in Toronto. Um, you know, with, you know, with the situation they find themselves in, with how the hell are they going to afford to keep Marner? And everyone is talking now, Joe, about how this is going to be the first off season where we really see these fucking offer sheets happen, right? I know. Again, I'm- that information doesn't go out there unless there's like the Rangers want that information out there. So. Yeah. Yeah, I Stone. There's a lot. It's a lot. I know I was all over the place right there, but there's were, so much. Were, to, there's like, so much to unpack there. It's a great question, though. Like, the what question are they? Was what like, do they make? A and you and like what is comes after A and B? All right. Well, you don't have to. Put and me your down response the was cows make milk. You're just mean. I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that one. Sit I don't down. like it. I don't like this show anymore. You love this show. I send out the stickers, and everyone just is mean to me. <laughs> Josh Zarkin with the final question Josh. of the day. For all the talk of a rebuild, how long will the Rangers allow the Hartford dumpster fire to continue? Uh, great the lack question, of success Josh. in the AHL is to hinder our prospects. You're fucking right it does. Josh, this is such a good question. Josh Zarkin, who, by the way, this man carries the torch for this show on social media. Follow him. Love him. It's Josh underscore Z-A-R-K-I-N. Okay. This man is a legend, and you will treat him with respect. Yeah, man, oh man, I love it. Um, I love it, bud. It feels like this is a problem that has to be addressed. And given 
what happened. Like, uh, I'm willing to give a little bit of leash to what's going on in Hartford, but that leash ends with this season. Uh, if if things don't improve in a significant manner, um, I think it's it's something where you have to say, all right, well, maybe Keith McCambridge isn't our guy, or maybe we're doing things the wrong way in Hartford in general. Uh, because, I don't know, but it's, it's just... There's too many kids down there now who are supposed to be part of the part of maybe the future that for things to be going this badly. And it's also, you know, we have a lot of questions to ask Joe, like the Cole Schneider trade, what the hell was that about? Um, you know, what the hell was happening with uh, you know, the Rangers deciding to, you know, with the goaltending situation, like the the first win for Hartford in forever, it was Brandon Halverson and Net Joe. That was his first win at the AHL level all season because he's been in the ECHL. And uh, he was the guy who came up with a win. Um, I I don't know what sense we can make of what's going on in Hartford other than stuff is going really, really poorly. This is a team that's just spiraling down the drain and we need it to be a place where prospects can develop. And we need it to be a place where we can ask, is Libor Hayek not picking up any points because he sucks? Right now, is a 20-year-old adjusting to a new league? Or is he not picking up points because the Hartford Wolfpack suck? And not having that control in that experiment is really rough when we're trying to figure out what's happening with these kids. It's like trying to put together, like, chemicals in a beaker, but the beaker is coated with, like, random chemicals. Yeah, there's no... Hayek has five assists in 51 games. He's doing chemistry in the dark right now. That's all he has. Five assists, 21 games. Yeah, it's it's very hard. Worst stat in hockey, he's a minus 23. Worst stat in hockey. And Anderson is a minus 20, for that matter, worst stat in hockey. Worst stat. And somebody was actually mocking me the other day because goals for is basically plus minus, which I actually legitimately never put two and two together, believe it or not. Um, but I think I think compared with, like, you don't just use plus minus to say, oh, you know, he's a minus 23, he fucking sucks. You do it, like, if his course is bad and his expected goals is bad and his goals for is bad, then yes, it's all bad. But it's just another color on the canvas of paint. And, uh, yeah. That's I, a huge question, Josh. I love that question. Yeah, the basically, it's something we've been talking about for a while, right? How bad Hartford is. And I don't know how much longer it can continue. And Adam even brought up, like, the Rangers, they didn't even fix Hartford. Like, they made Hartford worse with some of the trades that they made this year. Yeah, so it's, um, it's just a very perplexing situation. I mean, you the Chris Beagle Stanley Cup looked team. Good. Other than that, it's been bad news there. I don't know. Isn't Ryan Graves in the NHL right now? I think he had a cup of coffee. I'm not sure he's been cup, up. Cup uh, of coffee? Little little cappuccino, if you will. Little cup of cappuccino. Cappuccino going right I'll around. I'll double check that, though. But like, I think Beegers has been, just like everyone in, in Hartford, he had uh, he had a great start, and then he had a long stretch where he just wasn't picking up points at all. And uh, like I was just looking at some of the stats putting together Rangers radar for us, Joe, uh, for banter. And... Uh, it's three goals in 33 games for Ryan Grapjo. Yeah. In his last 33 games, he has got three goals. Uh, Joe. 11 anyway. games in the NHL this season for Ryan Graves. He's played 32 with Colorado Eagles. He has nine points in the HL, two goals in 11 games in the NHL. Uh, and the Eagles are a, a decent team from what I remember. The Eagles... 
Well, thank you all for listening. Remember that you can get questions in by using the hashtag Joe, off one, the post. I have one final question for you. Ugh. God, your face. Why, ahead, did Michael. You, why did you sell the Rangers Blues tickets? Because you had months. Why didn't you think of me? You had months to ask for them, and you refused to. In fact, no, that's a load of fucking shit. I believe I did ask you if you wanted the tickets, and I would sell them to you at face, and you told me it was too expensive. I don't remember that. I am, you know what? No, you fuck, you've opened up the goddamn wormhole now. You're a wormhole. Oh, it's, oh, it's on. You wouldn't even give your friend a discount? I'm telling you right now. Well, yeah, I mean, if you you were like, hey, fucking, I can't afford that. Yes, I absolutely would have. It sounds like that's what I told you, you son of a bitch. No, it doesn't sound like that. I don't know what it sounds like. It just sounds like I told you You about it. You just buried your own hole. You You just dug your own hole. I didn't. You just buried your own bone. This is fucking, oh my god. Just put a bone in the hole, and you buried yourself in the the shovel. You buried the shovel in the hole. I'm wielding the bone right now, and I'm You dug a shovel and buried a hole there. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking it, and wow, we send some very violently sexual text messages to one another. My word. Uh, all right, none of you need to listen to this. <laughs> listen to the sweet, sweet outro of Johnny Moore. 